Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you have chosen to listen to my podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or a different opinion, you can reach me at packerbacker1957 at yahoo.com or my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com. I'd really love to hear from you. This podcast is brought to you by the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. The fantastic team at Ryan's Insurance Company is ready to provide you with any insurance needs today. Just call 815-936-0075 to talk to a friendly representative. Or you can get an online quote at www.grinsure.com. That's G-R-I-N-S-U-R-E.com. As many know, I'm on record stating my support of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for president in 2024. Therefore, I had no reason to write my support for Donald Trump. Like many of you, I'm tired of Trump's bombast. I thought he did a great job for the country as president and would have gotten even more done had the Swamp Knight tried to bury him. But Trump's constant attacks on anyone not named Trump and the daily feedings of his enormous ego grew old. Then on April 4th, an ignorant Democrat prosecutor slash shill by the name of Alvin Bragg oozed out from underneath his rock. Fulfilling a campaign promise, the low-life Manhattan district attorney drug a former U.S. president into court to be arraigned on 34 trumped-up indictments in a circus-like atmosphere. This is a reprobate who has only a 51% conviction rate, allowing New York City to slide into the criminal anarchy again. Since being elected, the midget-minded Bragg's sole objective has been to bring Trump down, continuing to lift all-out assault on the former president. His obsession might have equaled the crush Nancy Pelosi has on Trump. It doesn't matter that Bragg charged Trump with a bogus crime exceeding the statute of limitations, or that the charges are stacked, meaning one specific crime charged multiple times with different wording, or that he violated Trump's Sixth Amendment right to be told specifically what he was being accused of. But Bragg was able to get his 15 minutes of fame and to childishly hold back exactly what he was charging Trump with. It's a ha-ha, I know, and you don't know mentality. Trump allegedly paid a porn actress, Stormy Daniels, through a convicted felon, former attorney and noted liar, Michael Cohen, $130,000 for a sexual encounter 17 years ago. You heard that correctly, 17 years ago. When Trump announced his first presidential run, Daniels showed up with her lawyers wanting hush money. The statute of limitations is five years. The corpulent, greasy brag has pounced on this matter to make a spectacle costing New York City millions of dollars in police protection. The busy city was made to come to a standstill due to Trump's presence and Bragg's arrogance, which might exceed his waistline. Why would Bragg care? In his television interview, he babbled business records are important. Knifings, shootings, and beatings in New York aren't so important to Bragg but business records are important. Let's say for giggles, Trump did pay off Daniels for sex, and it was with campaign finance money. 
Why is that any more of a crime than when Hillary Clinton bought a fake dossier using a million dollars worth of campaign funds to try to undermine Trump's campaign for president? What if Trump did falsely claim the money was used for legal services? So did Hillary. It's my understanding all Trump's records were made available to be reviewed, whereas Hillary intentionally and deceitfully erased hers. This is clearly more about an elected official, a George Soros patsy, applying his brand of partisan politics over justice. The rotund brag is a political hack not to be trusted. One can only hope karma will find this piece of crap. Despite cries from legal scholars, no judge, court, legal body, legislative body, or the president stopped this circus-like conflict just like they did during the sham impeachments and the corrupt FBI raid on his Florida home. The swamp looked on in delight as the matter played out. All were content to watch from the sidelines. So that same day, the city of Chicago elected a new mayor. Recall they voted out their national embarrassment, the ultra-progressive and racist mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Having not learned anything from the Lightfoot era, they took a giant step further left, replacing Lightfoot with an even more progressive mayor, Brandon Johnson, a union organizer working from the back pocket of the corrupt Chicago Teachers Union. By the way, as I recalled in an earlier podcast, Johnson got 76% of the black vote and Vallis got 61% of the white vote in Chicago, suggesting people voted along tribal lines once again. An advocate of defunding the police, Johnson will allow the city to slip further into economic decline as businesses will continue to flee. Shops along the once great magnificent mile on Michigan Avenue now sit empty, a trend surely to continue with less police presence. People outside Chicago, like me, will stay away from the city. The shooting galleries on the city's south and west side, which have caused so much carnage and heartache, will more than likely continue unabated. More babies will be shot. And people voted for this. That same day in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court election was held that was considered one of the most important decisions in the country. Left-leaning Judge Janet Prostowitz was elected, upending the political balance of the court. Wisconsin voters knew of her progressive views, particularly toward abortion and voter integrity. Yet, they elected her anyway. Killing more babies is important in Wisconsin, evidently. Recent reports suggest that Generation Z and the Millennials, having been educated by progressive teachers and professors, are voting more Democrat. The size of the youthful voting bloc is enough to overturn elections. By the time those generational youths have a better understanding of how a capitalistic society operates, it might be too late. It is my opinion that with everything going on in the country right now, there is only one person with the ability to take us off life support. The young Ron DeSantis will make a great president someday, but now is not the time. Now more than ever, we need Donald J. Trump as the next president of the United States. This may be America's last chance to remain the preeminent leader of the world. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Brandon and Jeff Chero at Court Street Ford, now celebrating their 40th year serving the people of Kankakee County. 
Whether you're buying a new Ford, a pre-owned vehicle, or just needing your vehicle serviced, the good folks at Core Street Ford are committed to making this your place to go for your vehicle needs. Open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, and Saturday conveniently from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Stop by their showroom in Bourbon, Illinois, or look them up online at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. I mentioned karma earlier. Well, proving it can be a bitch, two Tennessee Democrat lawmakers were expelled from the state legislature after they joined rioters at the Capitol. This would be the Capitol riot that nobody was thrown in prison, as opposed to the January 6th riot, where Nancy Pelosi and her ilk had protesters thrown in prison solely for expressing their constitutional rights. So anyway, CNN was interviewing and berating the Republican caucus chair representative on television, and he just got up and left. It was said the exit left CNN bewildered. No shit, they usually are. Did you see the executives of Budweiser have lost their collective mind by partnering with a trans activist? Nike did it too, but you kind of expect Nike to do crap like this, not Budweiser, who had all those fantastic Clydesdale commercials. Well, now they are paying for their woke capitalism, as was a movement to boycott Bud Light. I'm not much of a beer drinker, but you can bet your bippy if I'm having a beer, it won't be a Bud product. Anheuser-Busch, which owns Bud, has several brands to avoid if you agree with me. They include Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob, Rolling Rock, Bush, Shock Top, Natural, Johnny Appleseed, Landshark, Goose Island Brewery, Blue Point, Ten Barrel, as well as many others. You might want to check the labels. This begs a larger question, though. Why are you putting up with all this transgender crap and mollycoddling them anyway? It's important to note their infusion into modern-day society has historically meant a decline in civilizations. Darn, Chief China has their shorts in the water with the United States hosting the Taiwanese president, Tsai Ing-wen. My apologize to the Taiwan president if I have butchered your name. She met with Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. China, which thinks they own Taiwan, does not like the U.S. treating them like they are their own country, so they sent a cannonball over Taiwan's bow by conducting naval maneuvers off the Taiwanese coast with three warships. China's government is just plain evil, folks. Did you hear professional golfer Seamus Power had back-to-back hole-in-ones on the Masters Par 3 contest? More incredible, at least to me, he hit the ball long on both greens and drew the ball back. At the time of writing notes for this podcast, Bruce Kepka is leading the matches going into the weekend, and you know what? I have no friggin' idea or desire to know how Tiger is doing. I'm personally pulling for Patrick Reed, as I have his name in the Masters draw at my golf club. He is currently eight back of Kepka. Would you believe NPR, the state-sponsored liberal radio program, of which we have been fairly paying taxes to support since its inception, didn't like it when Twitter recently labeled them state-affiliated radio. Me neither. They should have been labeled state-leftist propaganda. Here's a name you might want to remember for a bar bet. Max Muncy of the Dodgers struck out five times on opening day this year. 
The only other player to do that in modern baseball history was Ron Karkovice of the White Sox in 1996. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees have been released for this year, and once again, I don't agree with any of them. They are Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Joy Division, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, The Spinners, A Tribe Called Quest, The White Stripes, and Warren Zevon. That's 14 inductees, and I might agree with letting Warren and possibly Cindy in. I had to look up Missy Elliott to see who the hell she is. Folks, I listen to rock music day and night and have for decades. I consider myself somewhat of a walking, talking expert on classic rock music. How can that meager list of inductees be considered when rock giants such as Bad Company, Jethro Tull, Grand Funk Railroad, Bachman Turner Overdrive, Foghat, or even Boston are not already in the Hall of Fame and weren't listed again? LL Cool J is in, but not Ozzy Osbourne. Woody Guthrie is in, but not Paul Rogers. No Ian Anderson, Lonesome Dave Peverett, or Randy Bachman. What the hell? This really ticks me off. I'm serious. Any organization that would admit those great groups in rock laurels is not worthy of my time, and hopefully you agree. May the fleas of a thousand camels infest the armpits of the people who came up with that list and who are shunning the better rock bands. Speaking of rock, John Reagan, who played bass for Peter Frampton, David Bowie, and Mick Jagger, died this past week. So did Keith Reed, who co-wrote A Whiter Shade of Pale for Procol Harum. He wrote the lyrics to many of Procol Harum's songs. By the way, Procol Harum, another great band that's Bond Robin Trower is also not in the Hall of Fame. Another pox on the hall. For those that have always wondered the term Procol Harum, it's a misspelling of a Latin phrase meaning far beyond these things. Sounds drug-induced to me. Funny thing about the song A Whiter Shade of Pale, my father hated rock and roll, thought it was immoral and just not good quality music, which ironically is exactly how I feel about rap music. Anyway, the man who hated rock and roll loved the song, A Whiter Shade of Pale. Go figure. In closing, I have a serious question for fellow conservatives. Why does nobody on the left ever get drugged into court or shamed in the media the way Trump and his cohorts do? Do you realize nobody from the FBI has been prosecuted for their meddling Trump's election or suppressing people on Twitter? The entire Russia hoax, which led to a friggin' impeachment, resulted in nobody being prosecuted. We still don't have details on Jeffrey Epstein's list of pedophiles or how he hung. Hillary Clinton broke laws as it suited her. We still don't know all the details on Hunter Biden's laptop. Why is the FBI sitting on it? Why is the DOJ sitting on that diatribe written by that nut job who shot those Nashville kids? The list goes on and on. How long are we going to put up with the two-tier justice system that's in place in this country? Folks, the liberals have taken our country away from us, and we better wake up. Our kids and grandkids depend on it. It's time to take our country back. Well, I've been lengthy today, so it's time to sign off. Thanks a million for listening, folks. If you like this, please tell others about this podcast.